Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, from the Star Reynolds Sports Desk, your 950 KJR Sports Headlines. All righty, boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a rainy Tuesday afternoon brought to you, of course, by our friends at Buddies, Goodies and Glass. It's always 420 at Buddies, baby. Dude, yeah. what's up, man? Where you been? All right, here's what we got. We got cracking <laughs> hockey tonight at 7 o'clock from Vancouver. Pre-game 630, Mike Benton, Everett Fitzhugh have you in the final Thank God, cracking preseason game before we get going for real next Tuesday against Vegas. Jet safety Marcus May facing DUI charges stemming from a crash in February, and the Dolphins have traded wide receiver Jakeem Grant to the Bears for a sixth-round draft pick. Uh, Chiefs and Bills on Sunday night football. Kansas City has promoted wide receiver Josh Gordon to the active roster, meaning he's likely to play on Sunday, and the Hawks have announced they are using their action green unis hmm. on Thursday night. How do we feel about that? Uh, well, they're 4-0. Are they really? I mean, I hate them. I think they're disgusting, but they're 4-0, okay. so whatever. Well, wins a win. Yeah. Rainier's manager, Christopher Negron, has been named AAA West Manager of the Year. And did you see who got MVP? I did not. Give me a good Jose Marmaleo. Jose Marmalejos! <laughs> really? You don't say. I like it. Uh, American League wild card game tonight. Yankees at Boston. Garrett Cole versus Nathan Avaldi. Let's talk some Husky football right now. <laughs> From our Honkville studios of Sports Radio 950 KJR, this is the Coors Light Honks. Frost Brood Coors Light, keeping Seattle chill. Make the play! Brought to you by your Northwest Chevy dealers. It's time for the Honks on your home for the Huskies. Sports Radio 950. And here come the dogs. KJR. All right, first of all, before we get going here, uh, I want to just offer condolences, right, as a radio station. Uh, to our friend Cam Cleland, who lost his dad, Gene, a couple days ago. So Cam is taking the week off. He'll be back next week on the radio show. Before the Huskies play UCLA, and then Greg Lewis texted me, Dick, this morning and said, you know what, I'm not really feeling that good, which I think is code for, I really don't want to talk about yeah. the Oregon State game in the I first so. place, so if you're going to make me talk about it, maybe at least let me stay home, for God's sakes, and not <laughs> fight traffic. So Greg's on the phone. Greg, how are you, pal? Um, I'm doing okay. I got a sore throat here. I just was trying to keep it safe. You know, with things the way they are, you there know, you precautions, precautions, precautions. Well, you've always been uh, very careful around other folks and very concerned about other people's needs. So we appreciate that. And then Dick Baird is also with us. Coach, how are you, pal? What's going on? I'm doing great. Doing great. You know, glad we don't have a game this week. Yeah. We've got to get better. Yeah, no no, no doubt. Well, let, let's first of all go around the room. And guys, Dick Fain is here as well. Uh, we'll make it a foursome today. Let's go around the room and talk about just kind of what our takeaways were from Saturday. And Greg, we'll start with you. And pal, we live in a world where UW in the span of a month has lost to Montana and Oregon State. Talk to me. What the hell is happening on Montlake, pal? Yeah, that doesn't sound good, but, you know, some of that, uh, and I'm not going to, you know, pull any punches. I'm going to say, firstly, Montana and Oregon State are probably better than they were back in the days when I played, so let's just start with that. But having said that, the Husky program um, prides itself on, 
you know, winning the Northwest rivalries and beating the teams in our area, especially a team that's not Division One. So there's some things over there that need to, to get right, things that got to be fixed. Um, I think after this number of games, there's some things that have jumped out that, you know, we just don't do well right now. We haven't run the football well, although Oregon State, we found some things that worked a little bit, but I think we found out who our best two running backs are now. We don't stop the run. We don't tackle well. I think, um, you know, our, our, our defense has had some issues with tackling uh, against our opponents, and I think the coaches may have to do some things to kind of give the defensive line a better uh, opportunity to be successful with some alignments and personnel, uh, but we haven't done that well. So those are the things during this bye week that they got to work on. There's some things that, you know, we do do well. We defend the pass well. We have found some receivers that have been good. So there's some, some light there, yeah. but there's definitely some things that are broken that uh, we got to spend time over the next couple of weeks fixing before we line up again. No doubt. Coach Baird, uh, what do you think? Go for it. Well, you know, it really goes back to we did, we haven't played real well. I mean, in the first half alone, uh, you know, we had that uh, unsportsmanlike penalty on, on one of our kids, which is a mental error. Cam Davis has a fumble. Both of our corners, who are really good players, miss tackles. Dylan Morris throws a pick. Devin Culp has a drop. We have two passes batted down and a bad snap on the punt. That is not a formula for winning games, and we're killing ourselves as much as anybody else. I mean, you know, if you take a look at it, uh, if we just eliminate the things that we're doing to hurt ourselves, we, we probably could have won that game. That was a very winnable game. And granted, this could be a, um epic Oregon State team, but I don't care. We still were, had the capability of winning that game. It just didn't come about. I so think- we got to pick it up. We got two weeks to try and get a good game plan ready for UCLA, and, and that's going to be a heck of a challenge. Guys, I think it was a season-altering loss, and what I mean by that is – you could have really painted a picture had they won that football game. You're 2-0 and in conference. Oregon had lost. You're tied for top spot in the, in, the, uh, in the north, and you could really have kind of looked into the future and painted a picture of, hey, you can get together after a bye and beat UCLA. You yep. certainly can beat Arizona. Then you're on a roll, and you can beat Stanford, and all of a sudden – you had an opportunity to set up a monumental classic game with Oregon where you can now accomplish a lot of your goals you had at the beginning of the season, potentially winning the North. I just don't see that now because I don't see how a team that loses to Montana, a team that can barely beat Cal at home, a team that loses to Oregon State, I don't know how you can piece together a win against UCLA and then a win against Arizona and then a win against Stanford and setting. I just don't I just don't see them being good enough to do that. Greg, how about you? Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to say it in Coach Bairdism. you got to play them one game at a time. Ah. Uh, you can't play Oregon this week. As a matter of fact, you just got BYE this week. So what I think um, the Huskies' perspective has to be is we got to fix the things that are broke during the bye week. We got to get better at tackling. We got to get better at knocking guys off the interior so we can run the football. We have to take care of the football and not turn it over. We can't have fumbles and interceptions and, and things like that. We have to fix those things that are broke and then play UCLA. The thing that I'm looking at in a conference. Um, I don't see anybody in this conference that's just so much better than everybody else that you don't have a chance to win the football game. So I can't put all those games together like you just did and say we don't have a chance to win any of these. We've got to take them one at a time. But having said that, we've got to get a whole lot better than what we are right now in order to do that. 
Uh, Dick, Greg mentioned the run defense, the run offense. You're near the bottom in both categories. What do you do to fix that, honestly, Coach? I mean, there's no free agency in college football. The transfer portal is there, but it's not going to help you much, obviously, in the middle of the year. Seahawks had a pass rush problem last year. They go out and they trade for Carlos Dunlop. Mariners have an offensive problem. They go out and they make a trade for Abraham Toro. That's not how freaking college football works. So given the pieces you've got, and let's hope that Zion, by the way, comes back sooner than later how do you fix this problem on the trenches man well you know everything on defense starts with stopping the run and uh, you know we've had flashes of uh good performance but you know you, you take a look at our at our defense as a whole dave and you know we're in the process of of, of a rebuild there's no question this, this is a uh, season where if we get to a bowl game and have a winning season this is probably a, that would probably be a great accomplishment at this point but now you, you take a look at, at what we've done uh, defensively and you know here's a given we have two really high quality cornerbacks on this team which is keeping people from throwing at their wide out receivers we also have a very good middle linebacker one inside linebacker and we have two real good defensive tackles who seem to get better as the season is progressing and we have one pretty stable very strong powerful built uh defensive end slash outside linebacker so defensively you've got the nucleus of over half your defense are really good football players so that means we've got to get better up the middle. We've got to tackle better. Uh, Greg mentioned it, and, and it's very, very obvious that we can't be missing open field tackles, especially down near the goal line and things like that. And some of that was perplexing. But, you know, the bottom line is we have the – if Buki comes back. Now, losing Buki, I think, really hurt because I don't know if people realize that that little guy was really the glue back there in the nickelback position. And he did a lot of things, plus he was an excellent open field tackler. So if Buki is, is going to be eligible, then I think our, our safety concerns go immediately to tackling first. And, and you know, you can upgrade how much live practice tackling you do over the next two weeks, and maybe we can get better. But, you know, we're also looking at rebuilding, you know, a, a secondary as such. And, and right now we've, got, we've had such inconsistent play at the safety positions that I think it's really difficult for this team to have success because the safety is exactly that. We can't miss tackles at the safety position. And, you know, obviously if Washington stays with this, their defense will, will get better against the run as the year progresses. Guys learn how to get off blocks better. You know, linebackers will need to slip blocks better. And, you know, Sermon has struggled. There's no question. Uh, Ulofosio is a real quality backer. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he had upper teens tackles in the last game. And I think he's a good enough guy to win with. We've got to get better uh, at the other linebacker position. And we've got to tackle better at the safety positions. But, you know, you take a look at, 
all three aspects of the game, if you just did, graded us on a plus, check, minus, I'm not sure we have any plus area on this football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there are some indications that the kicking game has gotten a lot better, but then we still had some weird things. We had a bad snap in the game, which is the first time our snappers really had a bad snap in the game. You know, we, we've missed some field goals that were very makeable that – probably could have won games for us along the way. So I, I'm just looking at this whole thing as, okay, we're mid-season. How are we across the board in all three phases of the game? And what do we got to do to get better? Because I'm telling you, there's a very talented UCLA team that's yeah. coming in in two weeks. But they are beatable. They, they are beatable. I, I'm telling you, that they have a, the most athletic quarterback we've seen, but he might be the worst throwing quarterback we've gone against. Yeah, so gotcha. it all balances out, Dave. I, I, you know, it's obviously perplexing to all of us as fans, but then you got to realize that this is still the first year of a new system. And I know people say, well, it's Coach Pete's system. No, it isn't. It's Jimmy Lake's system, and, and he's got to iron out the things along the way, and if he has to make personnel changes within his coaching staff. Those are his decisions to make, and we've just got to have some time to allow this mm-hmm. system to settle in. And I know it's disappointing for all of us, and you know we want to be you know instantly good again, but it's a process of rebuilding each system, and, and we're obviously still climbing the ladder of trying to get yeah, better. Got it. Yeah. Greg, I want to ask you about uh, arguably the biggest play of the game, uh, the quarterback sneak on 4th and 1, 318 left to go in the game, Washington at their own 46. Uh, talk to me about whether you liked going for it, whether you liked the play call, and then also tell me what is the running back's responsibility there? Because I went back and watched that thing four or five times, and it seems like Kamari Pleasant, was, it was kind of an afterthought for him to go and like push Dylan Morris from behind. I thought maybe he could have just blasted Dylan Morris from behind and got that, and got that yard. Talk to me about that play. Well, you know, I have the privilege of hindsight, but I'll say this. I didn't mind the going for it on fourth down uh, just because of the way the game was going and uh, our uh, inability to stop Oregon uh, running the football in that last couple of drives. So I felt like we needed to keep the momentum going and run the clock out and not leave them time to score. Um, you know, again, they make the decisions. I probably would have gone with things that, I saw working during the game. The Wildcat worked really well. Kamari Pleasant was having his best game of football in a long time, and he has the requisite size and strength that I think of when I think of a short yardage back who's going to get you a yard, yard and a half. So I may have handed the ball off to the guys who do it for a living, and that's what they you know work on every day, getting those tough yards. So I would have gone that route you know, just from that perspective. I think – what he did on that play, you know, there's different there's different uh, uh, ways you can run that play. You can run it obviously where the back pushes the quarterback. You know, now that's all legal and tries to push for yards. Or sometimes they have the uh, tailback come right off the tackle or the tight end's butt and cut off anybody trying to slam in and cut off the quarterback's momentum. So I don't know what his responsibility was on that job. If he didn't do either one, then of course that's wasted. You only got ten guys in the play instead of eleven. Uh, but he's either got to cut off uh, a block on just offside the tackle's butt or, like you said, help push that quarterback forward for the yard. 
Uh, you know what, guys? Look, I think I think the issue, though, for me, and there's a lot of issues right now with Husky football. Dick Baird, Greg Lewis with us uh, talking some dogs. Cam's got the week off. His father passed away a couple days ago, so uh, Cam obviously is uh, is dealing with that, and we want to just offer condolences to his family for sure. You've lost two games where you've lost to a quarterback that threw for 48 and 44 yards. I mean, that is hard to stomach, Coach. And let's start with you because these are two games where both the offenses you played were totally one to dimensional and it didn't matter I mean you're a former defensive coach you're a former linebackers coach how does that happen when a team has no passing game whatsoever in 2021 but still finds a way to beat you well you know they're just simply cutting down their own domino board they're they're not going to make mistakes because there are more mistakes in the passing game. It's more sophisticated. You you got bad throws. You got bad catches. You got intercepted passes. And people, if you don't have to throw the ball and you can run and, and maintain a momentum in the game, which I think has been happening to us, it's, it's you know, we've got to stop that first. That That's a leaking part of what what we've got on the stop department we've got to stop the run first and that that really gets back to getting off blocks and we may have to uh, start moving our line a little bit better when we did we slanted a couple times and hit hit runs right in the mouth but i i really think it was more out of respect that these two teams did not throw the ball respect for our corners and our secondary as a, as a group including the linebackers and their ability to play against the pass so you know they just went to what was working and why why try and mess it up i i uh you know in the old days you know winning games seven to six was was a great thing it just, that's just not <laughs> modern football today right yeah well so was walking to working back in the snow right exactly. i mean uh, and then cars came along coach there's no need for that anymore <laughs> greg lewis dick baird with us uh, greg i want to ask you about the running back situation uh the sean mcgrew thing still flummoxes the hell out of me but we're gonna have to move on uh, i have no idea where he was the first two weeks of the year but he's here now do you think we'll see a heavy dose of mcgrew and pleasant the rest of the way and is cam davis going to be living in that doghouse for a while, you think? Well, I mean, like you said, move away from the past. The first couple of games are gone. Uh, it's clear. It is clear that McGrew and Pleasant are your best two running backs now. And I am going on record saying I was completely wrong because at the beginning of the year, I thought that the other two guys were probably the better guys. And when a running back gets the fumbles, it's hard to get that confidence back. And now instead of just running the football, you're worried about ball security and holding on to it. And so you're not able to play your best uh, as, as um, plays that are called. So I think at this point, you got to go with the older guys, the seniors, the guys who have played a lot of football. They look like the best. I wanted to add though a little bit, something that coach Baird said, you know, in football defensively, you typically go into a game hoping to take away one thing from the offense and make them one dimensional. And there have been teams that have done that for us. They've said, we're just going to be one-dimensional. And so in my mind, if they're going to be one-dimensional, then i got one thing i got to really focus on stopping, and that's the run game. And if I have to figure out how to stop the run game, and that's really the only place that I have to come up with strategies and ways to be successful and put my um, players in the best situation to win, then they know that I should be able to figure that out and come up with a strategy. So when we're playing teams like Oregon State, 
uh, and Montana and Michigan. And I'm not necessarily sure that UCLA will follow this model. But when those things do happen, you have to be able to come up with ways and strategies to stop that. That's not just all on the players. Of course, they got to make tackles. they got to bring guys down. they got to get up the field on third down. But um, when teams limit themselves on one side of the ball, we got to be able to fix that. The other thing on that is, is if teams are going to do that and they're going to score, like Dick said, seven or 14 points, we got to score 25, 30 points. We got to be able to put some points on the board. So the offense has got to carry some responsibility for that, too. If a team is that one-dimensional and they're going to limit themselves to scoring points, then we got to put some points on the board. So I think it's a total team effort uh, in uh, riding that ship. Guys, I like Roma Dunze. I really like Jalen McMillan, and I shake my head when I look at the stat sheet and see those guys targeted a combined seven times in a game where Kate Otten doesn't play. So what did you see? What, were they not getting open? Yeah. Was Dylan not finding them? Why were those two guys only targeted seven times? Guys, how about we do this? Uh, let, let's let's make that a cliffhanger, Ooh. all right? Uh, Dick, remember back in the day, you go to movies, and they give you a cliffhanger, make you come back the next week? Next week. All right, uh, give you 35 more sense for the rest of the movie find out what happens so let, let's do this we'll get back after a break at greg and dick's thoughts on the wide receiver situation we'll talk more about what you want to get done this week uh, on the off week recruiting the whole thing greg lewis dick baird uh, husky honks uh, a light version of the husky honks today more with them next on 950 kj one podcast all in one now back to the coors light honks frost brewed coors light keeping seattle chill brought to you by your northwest chevy dealers on your home for the Huskies. Sports Radio 950, KJR. All right, more with the Husky Hawks. Uh, Cam has the week off. Dick Baird, Greg Lewis with us. Dick Fain hanging out, talking some dogs. Uh, we'll get to John Wilner coming up at 5.05 tonight and talk to John about what's happening on Montlake. Plus get his Wilner's winner for the week, uh, courtesy of our friends at SimplySeattle.com. But Greg Lewis, Dick Baird, rejoin us. And uh, guys, uh, Dick was asking, uh, heading into the break, about Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunze. Uh, how these guys just end up not getting really involved in the offense uh, in that game on Saturday against Oregon State. Greg, we'll start with you, man. Your thoughts on uh, how to get these guys more targets and more involved in the offense, man. Well, the first drive of the game, which you usually have scripted and you know what plays you want to run based on what you've seen on film, the Huskies were able to go down the field and they were able to get Bynum in a position uh, where he was in a one-on-one, looked like a cover six free to me, looked like he ran a big route, came across the formation, caught the ball, and uh, the safety was real deep. Um, They had the free safety real deep and he was able to get in the end zone. Um, From there, Oregon State made some, you know, changes in their defense a little bit. I think with the personnel that we have at wide receiver, though, um, those guys are good enough to beat one-on-one coverage. They're good enough to get – because we – spread the ball around quite a bit. They're good enough to get open in zone coverage. So it's got to be more of a schematic thing to me, at least what I'm seeing with the naked eye. I haven't breaking, broken the film all the way down and looked at it play by play. Yeah. Uh, but when I know what our personnel looks like, you know, we got big guys, we got fast guys, we have guys who, you know, catch the ball relatively well. Uh, I, I think scheme has something to do with it. You know, once you get off of that script, now you're reacting to what the defense is showing you. And so that brings the quarterback into play. When he's at the line of scrimmage, he's got to be able to read the defense and see where he has the mismatch. You know, what route based on where the safeties are, you know, are the corners lined up outside or inside? Um, what kind of protection is he getting? And is he able to step up and make throws and read his second and third receiver? So then it becomes, you know, on the quarterback. 
So those are some things that I think, you know, again, during this bye week, our quarterback's got to figure out, um, you know, how he comes off a one receiver. What's he reading? What is the safety he's giving him? Pre-snap read. And then when the ball gets snapped live, you know, what adjustments does he make to find the guy who's open? Yeah. You know, Coach Barrett, I'm looking at the rushing offense in the Pac-12. And by the way, just a little pet peeve and kind of a note here that bothers me. The Pac-12 official stat sheet, they, they rank teams based on how many yards they've rushed for. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, how stupid is that? I mean, Oregon State is number one with 1,148 yards rushing. Arizona last at 439. So that's dumb. But Washington's yards per average uh, per attempt is 3.58. That is the worst in the uh, Pac-12. That's awful. That is unbelievable, Coach Baird. So I want to ask you two things. Number one, how did it get that bad? And number two, if you were a defensive coach like you used to be, what would scare you about this Husky offense right now? Well, you know, well, first of all, as a defensive coach, I don't worry about my own offense. I'm worried about the other team's offense. I'm talking about if you were facing Washington, what would scare you about this offense? That's oh, what I'm asking you. Well, right now, uh, I think we we got to start at the quarterback position, and I think the, the verdict is out. I, I don't know how good our quarterback is. I mean, I don't know what his upside is. Um, to this point, uh, he's been, if you go plus check minus, he's a check to minus at his position. Uh, he, uh, he has not been real effective. He has thrown interceptions. He's got to stop doing that right now. I mean, you can't throw to them. I mean, obviously the turnovers were huge for Washington because they killed a lot of drives. But, you know, uh, I think it starts right there. Uh, we're going into a game against you know, we've had trouble with running quarterbacks, right, Dave? We've had, we've oh, yeah. had guys that, who, who can pull the ball down and run. Well, we're about to play the best running quarterback we've seen yet. So now we've got to figure out, our, our, do we have to spy the other team's quarterback? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at strictly from the defensive standpoint. How are we going to slow down UCLA and get the ball back? Then we'll see how effective our offense can be. But, you know, when you play a real tight game, and all of these have been tight games, it gets down to the turnover ratio, which has not been good for us. And so we've got to clean that up. And, you know, stopping the run is one thing, but you forget about stopping the quarterback in the run. And I've been yelling about this this whole season. And that is one of the places where we've had trouble. And yet we're coming into a game now where we're going to face the best running quarterback we will see the whole year. So that, that creates another situation for you. You know, if you're going to play five defensive backs because that's what the offensive personnel dictates, that's one thing. But I see us going back more to a 50 front, uh, playing three down linemen and two outside linebackers and 
two inside linebackers, the old 52 defense, which is really hard to run against, and there's a lot of things you can do up front in the line. But, you know, we've been getting caught, you guys, in a lot of four-man 42 defense with a five-man backside. So I I think schematically, uh, I I would suggest that you're going to see us in more of a 50 front because that's how you stop teams. And, you know, defensively, we've got to be aware of a quarterback because quarterbacks have been hurting us running the ball. So yeah, yeah. there you go. That's a big challenge, but we got two weeks to try and draw up a, something that will work. Let me correct one thing. The Huskies are not dead last in the Pac-12 in uh, yards per attempt. They're only second to last oh, in the okay. Pac-12. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a huge difference. By three-tenths right? of a yard. They're at 3.5 <laughs> and Arizona is at 3.2. So, either way, still shocking. Uh, well, guys, I want to touch on something that, that Dick said there. And I mean, that was quite a quite a condemnation of the quarterback play, and I, I liked hearing that. Um, I want to get your guys' take at what's the end game then at yeah, the quarterback yeah. position. Let's start with... Uh, let, Let's actually break. And oh, we'll, we'll do this. All right. Yeah, we'll we're going to break because uh, we got one minute left. So guys, Greg, Dick, uh, hold tight. Uh, grab a beer. Uh, Greg, grab some uh, uh, cough syrup or something or a throat lozenge during the break. Maybe a popsicle <laughs> or some ice cream or whatever. We'll come back and talk about the quarterback spot because obviously not all of this is on Dylan Morris, but at some point maybe a change is the best thing for the program. So where do you say we got a break? We'll do one more segment with Greg Lewis, Dick Baird. Talk about the quarterback position next on 950KJR. Spread. Now back to the Coors Light Honks. Frost Brewed Coors Light. Keeping Seattle chill. Brought to you by your Northwest Chevy dealers. On your home for the Huskies. Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, one more segment. Greg Lewis, Dick Baird with us right here on the radio show. Cam Cleveland has the week off. Uh, He will join us next Tuesday on the program. Uh, Guys, I'm looking at the quarterback numbers in the Pac-12 so far after five weeks and Dylan Morris is actually number two in the conference in passing yards per game. Uh, however, he's not even showing up on the efficiency list, which is not good for them. Uh, Dick was asking guys going into last segment, last break, about you know when do you make a change? What do you have to see to make a change? I mean, Greg, we'll start with you. Is, is there any part of you at all that's willing to make a change at quarterback at UW right now? Not right now. And I say that because Dylan Morris isn't the reason that we're losing the game solely. I think um, there's certainly some things that he's done well. There's some things that he's improved on. You know, we talked about throwing the deep ball, and he's made some connections uh, with Bynum and with McMillan and Adunze uh, deep down the field. I think that he's played nine college football games. And, you know, quarterbacks get better by playing games. And so he's going to get better. How much better? I can't ascertain that at this moment. But until this season is at a place where, um, you know, I, I don't want to say the season's at a loss, but when you're no longer playing for, you know, the things that uh, are available out there, like bowl games and that kind of thing, and you start building for next year is when you would bring in maybe the young quarterback, you know, the one with the last name that we all know, Hewer. Um, but in, in the middle of the game, if you feel like he's struggling, or if uh, he gets injured or something like that, hopefully O'Brien can come in and hold the fort down for a little while to give Dylan Morris an opportunity to write whatever 
uh, is happening at that particular point in time. But I just think, you know, right now he's a young quarterback. He's, you know, gotten nine games in, so we kind of know where what he does well and things he needs to work on. He's got to continue to get better at throwing that little crossing and dig routes where the defense is in the zone. The linebackers getting their depth to be able to throw that ball in there. Um, and he's got to start turning the football over. That's the one thing that you absolutely cannot do. So I'm not ready to make that change yet. There is a line. There is a day where you say, all right, we're going to make this change, so we're looking towards next year, and that's when you bring the young guy in. Yeah, Dick, he's uh, he's thrown seven picks, which is the most in the conference, and he's averaging just over seven yards a throw, which is near the bottom in the Pac-12. So I, I, I agree with Greg. This is not all on Dylan. The offensive line hasn't played well. The uh, the round robin at running back hasn't helped. The injuries at wide receiver haven't hasn't helped. Kate Otten uh, getting COVID didn't help at all the last two weeks. But what about you? Is there any part of you at all that is thinking that now might be a time to make a change at quarterback? No, no, I, I totally agree with Greg. First of all, he is your returning starter. He is the most experienced guy in this particular system. I mean, he, he knows it probably the best. Uh, and if we were to make a move, uh, I would still suggest that uh, Heward is a, a you don't. I would like to get him playing time, and so he's familiar and and uh, get that out of the way, and so it doesn't affect his his uh, redshirting year. But now you you take a look at what we have at quarterback. The thing that stands out to me about Dylan Morris is he is. Uh, an excellent leader. I mean, he understands how to be the field general. The thing is, you know, those turnovers that we're talking about are also related to his height and his release point and the number of balls that get batted down. If you go back and look at all those interceptions uh, that he's thrown, I'm going to bet almost all of them were tipped balls, either tipped coming out of his hand or he has he doesn't have put a lot of loft on the ball he's got an excellent spiral it's a great looking ball uh but it doesn't get any height so you're going to see more and more uh defensive lines doing the same thing that happened last week of people getting their hand up right away and you know if if you can happen to get a hand up on a third down that stops a drive so you know there are some limits there but this is not the time i mean we you got to stay the course of what, what they decided. He is the, the general of this team right now, and uh, by no means are we pointing the finger at him. He, you know, if, they, if he was given more time, he'd probably be better off. Is he a gifted runner? No. Is he a better runner than most of the quarterbacks we've played against? Probably not. Is he a better runner than the guy we're going to play against? It's not even close. But, you know, that's the wheels are a big part of the quarterback position. You go back and look at the, uh, like, Tui. What made Tui so special is he could run. You know, I know he could throw and he had great leadership and you got all of those same kind of qualities, but he could really run. And that that's a, a factor that's we don't know. We don't know what the ability of of our quarterback running. We do know this, that the teams that we're playing have been hurting us with a running quarterback. So we've got to cure that up on the defensive side. And, uh, you know, I would not imagine they're going to lose many more games before you would probably see a change at the quarterback position. Got it. Guys, so this is either more a Jimmy and Joe's problem 
guys on the field, lack of talent, or it's a Jimmy and John problem, guys on the sideline, and one's got to be greater than the other. So which is it? Is it more a Jimmy and John problem or a Jimmy's and Joe problem? Dick, you want to take that one? Go ahead. It's probably a little of each, really. I mean, you, you, you can't specifically say, okay, this is the reason we're losing games. It's collectively of all the things. But you start by not hurting yourself. And that turnover ratio is so critical. And we just can't be fumbling the ball. And, you know, granted, the older backs have fumbled the ball, too. And, you know, we can't be throwing interceptions. And you start by not hurting yourself. And, uh, you know, defensively, I think we're making progress. I know we we lost a game we, we could have very easily won. But I think the defense is getting better because they're getting in playing shape and uh, they're as a a better player so I think I think we're, we're making strides on that side of the ball I think we made great strides in the kicking game it's our off we gotta we gotta pick it up and go from there Greg how about you is this a, is this a scheme issue or is this maybe a talent problem well I, uh, again I think it's both but in selected ways I think right now if you look at our offense I think our interior offensive linemen got to play better they got to get more uh, push and up the field in order for our run game to be consistent. You know, those guards and uh, center have got to move the line of scrimmage and they got to make sure they got the right guy in. They've been changing, you know, Ale and, and uh, the other kid. I, I, I struggle. Julius Belo. Belo. Um, you know, you got to decide who's your, your best guy and get some movement and get guys reestablish a line of scrimmage. So that might be, you know, somewhat those guys need to get better. Um, but also, you know, on third and seven, running the ball sometimes, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there or third and one, throwing it all the way down the field. Um, you know, that sometimes, you know, so some of the play calls have been head scratchers. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think the wide receivers are talented. I think the running backs are just guys. You know, I, I don't like to be critical, um, but, I, you know, they're good players. I just don't see them as a, a Miles Gaskin, uh, you know, type of guy that you can, you know, count on for 100 yards and 1,000-yard seasons, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's some positions I think we're limited at a little bit, but I think there's enough talent overall to score, you know, 30 points a game in today's game of football if you're, um, you know, getting the guys prepared and putting them in the right position to win. No doubt. All right, guys, listen, great stuff. We will reconvene actually in a couple weeks because the Kraken start their uh, regular season next Tuesday in Vegas. So we'll get together the Tuesday before the UCLA game. And I know I speak for everybody. Uh, thoughts and prayers are with Cam and his family after he lost his father a couple days ago. So great stuff. Go dogs, And we'll talk in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, Greg Lewis, Dick Baird. They sound thrilled to get this segment over. We'll get a break. John Wilder is going to pick up the conversation. If Urban Meyer gets let go by the Jaguars, would USC have interest? Is the Pac-12 now out of Final Four contenders after Oregon lost to Stanford? What does he make of what's happening at Washington? What's going on with Rolovich and the vaccine deadline? There's a lot to talk about, baby. Courtesy of SimplySeattle.com. Next with John Wilner right here on 950 KJ. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.